This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. Um, we are on episode 13 now. Um, I sat down and I talked to uh, Logan Lesna with Blacktail Addiction. Um, you can find him on Instagram at blacktail underscore addiction. Um, yeah, go check out his page out. Uh, he's got a ton of stud bucks on there, uh, just one after another after another. And look, I think I'm pretty sure they're all west of I-5, true blacktail um, just really, really nice deer. Um, so he just seems like he just consistently gets it done. Um, seems like a really cool guy, easy to talk to, just, uh, down to earth, humble guy. So go check him out. Um, I had a great conversation with him. I hope you enjoy it. Stay tuned. Your season's off to a good start, huh? It looks like. Yeah, no, we've, uh, done pretty good so far. I ended up with my buck on opening day and then uh my sister's buck this last weekend yeah we've come out with some a couple good bucks so far and it's public land too nice nice dude so yeah that makes it even more fun yeah yeah what's a maybe a little bit of your background maybe introduce yourself and kind of um kind of go over kind of where, where you come from what's your background growing up and uh where you're from and stuff like that uh, well, my name's Logan Lesna from Crescent City, California, born and raised, uh, pretty much just grew up hunting. I think my parents said my first hunting trip, they took me, I was seven weeks old. Oh, and wow. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's pretty much, uh, been an addiction ever since. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just been, I, I live for it. Eat, sleep, breathe. That's me hunting. Nice, man. Yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, really crazy about it. So it, uh, I love it every single year. Can't wait for it. Uh, scout, I start scouting roughly like March, April, setting cameras, all that stuff, and just kind of figuring out what my game plan is going to be for the upcoming season. And yeah, it makes it even, I like to start doing everything that early just for the fact of it's not like you're, you know, hunting on. A private ramp somewhere makes things a little bit easier i'm sure but uh where i hunt public land it's i don't know i i guess you can compare it to a zoo <laughs> i would call it there's so <laughs> many so many people it's absolutely insane so yeah um yeah no it just it just makes things that much more crazy but that's what makes it that that much more fun when you find the big mature old buck hiding in a hole somewhere and oh yeah yeah yeah, that's that probably makes it extra rewarding, you know, when there's that many people and you're able to, from what it looks like, you're able to consistently find the some of the bigger bucks, I'm sure, in the area that some of these other guys probably don't even see. Yeah, I've been, uh, the last, well, few years, I've been really blessed to take some great deer. Uh, yeah, last year, actually, um, on opening day, I ended up being able to connect on a really big buck that I had had 
three years of trail cam pictures of, and I think I'd seen him in person um, I maybe two times, I want to say, and then it just ended up my wife and I had, had taken a stand, um, I think back in July, just kind of where his, it seemed like later in the day he was crossing through there and I was planning on hunting this stand uh, for an evening hunt. And so her and I had walked into the stand about, I think, where we we parked about 2 o'clock, got to my stand about 2.45, and as soon as we were getting to the tree, we were taking our packs off, trying to be quiet, all that stuff, and just happened to, I looked up to my right, and I could see that buck that I was already after, that I was after, and I was like, just instantly, you know, buck fever sets in, you try not to, try not to let it, Yeah, but, uh, (laughs) Yeah, so then I tried sneaking up a little closer because he was up in this open unit, and I tried sneaking up a little closer where I thought I could get a shot because he was kind of feeding down towards us. And I sat there and waited, and all of a sudden here comes this deer walking down, and it ended up being a spike. Well, I didn't even see that spike there the first time. He walked by, and then that buck never did come by. Uh So I snuck back back down to where my wife was, and I said, okay, I'm going to climb up in my tree stand, and I'm going to see if I can see him. Well, I climbed within my stand, and it must have just been the angle of the hill, and there was a uh, big rock up there about 70 yards that he was behind. Well, he was still there just feeding away everything, and I'm looking back down at my wife, trying to mouth to her kind of what I'm seeing, trying to be quiet, trying not to move and all that stuff, and the wind's just blowing right at my neck, just straight up the hill towards him. Yeah. And I'm thinking, there's, there's no way. This guy's busting out. I was like, there's no way, and... Actually, I just sat there, I said a prayer, and I was like, you know, just please, God, just let this, if it's meant to happen, just let this happen. And what was so cool was, like, no sooner I got done, the wind just about face shifted to my left. Well, this buck looked, he peeked up, he looked out to my right, and something caught his attention. I'm not sure what it was, but something scared him, and he took off running Well, he was running from where he was at it, I think, 80, 85 or 90 yards maybe. Uh, anyway, he ran down into about 40 yards, and he was coming, so I was trying to trying to range while I was shaking all that good stuff, and he ended up, I figured, okay, well, 45 yards is going to be my shot, roughly, give or take, and I, of course, right where he ended up stopping, there was this big tree limb. The only tree limb that I hadn't cut was hanging right where he stopped, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I stood up on my tiptoes and leaned back, and I held where I thought, and I shot, and you could see the arrow blow through him, all that stuff, and that was the first time I've actually cried over a deer. I had so much excitement going through me, and <laughs> oh, man, I was so excited, and I, I looked down at my wife, and she was jumping up and down. She was all excited, and so we got down, and we waited for an hour and went up there and ended up looking, found the arrow found some blood and then I didn't, I couldn't find any more blood. So again, well, there went the panic and I'm like, Oh great. You know, here we go. This is going to be it. Yeah. And she's like, Hey, she's like, Hey, just calm down. Just calm down. She said, we'll find it. She ended up picking up the trail again. Okay. Well, anyway, long story, long story short, we tracked him up the hill about 75 yards or so. And he ended up going up on the Ridge, making a bed and dying right there. And yeah, he's the, Biggest bow buck I've ever killed. He was 150 and three eighths. Nice. And 
Yeah, just a big, massive four point. I was. It's probably my most memorable hunt to date. I would say. Okay, what year was that? Was that that was last year. Last year. Okay. Nice man. That was last year. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. And then, yeah, this year, uh, this year we were just fortunate enough on opening day. Like I said, uh, it just ended up a spot in stock. It was about an hour and a half before dark. My sister had spotted this buck up on the ridge and. Ended up, uh, the wind was right, everything was right, and it just was one of those times where it worked out perfect. I was able to sneak in. I thought it was going to be about an 80-yard shot, and I practice often enough to where at 80 yards, I'm comfortable taking that shot. Uh Well, I ended up being being able to sneak up. When I range found, I popped up over this rock. I range found the buck at 66 yards, and I said, okay, well, I just thought, well, I'll put my 70 on him with kind of how high, much higher up he was than me, and put my 70 on him well i jerked and it was the first time i mean everybody bow hunting a time or two in your life you know you make a bad shot well yeah i jerked i jerked so bad i i shot him right through the front of the hams well i ended up hitting that artery and he might have ran 15 yards to the right and then went up 15 yards and then just flipped over backwards was done right there nice couldn't have been Oh, it was, it couldn't have gone any better, right? When you see him fall and all that stuff. And yeah, it couldn't have gone any better. Yeah. Nice, man. <laughs> so you, do you, uh, do you typically, do you, do you stick with archery or do you rifle hunt also or what? So being in California, we get the two seasons and yeah, I both season first. And I, I usually try to, if I'm fortunate enough to fill a tag, I'll, uh, fill one tag both season and then save the other for rifle. Okay. Right on. Nice, man. Yeah. It looks like just, you know, obviously we had never talked before, but I have followed your page for a while and it's just like nothing but big bucks, man. <laughs> to me, especially <laughs> for my standards, I'm like fairly new into the game. So yeah. Oh, okay. But are do you you rifle and bow hunt? You do both? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so oh, well, I, this is only my second year doing archery. I've only been shooting a bow for a year and a half, a little over a year and a half now, so Are you hooked? Yeah, dude, it's so awesome, man. I'm like Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm hooked. So <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's just addicting. What was that? It's just addicting. I just like I like just getting everything all dialed in and just, you know, making all the little small adjustments and just getting getting everything just to hit right where you want it's just it's cool man i I really enjoy it oh for sure and then there's the whole i mean you get so much closer to the animal and yeah i mean it's just because rifle season obviously i mean you could be out there two three four hundred yards away from them but both season you got to be right you know close and in your comfort zone and all that and yeah Yeah. it's just it's a it's a blast hell yeah yeah I, i like the last i haven't shot a deer in a couple of years now i've had a little dry spell but i i uh yeah i mean the last two years like if i had a rifle i could have during archery season i could have easily gotten bucks um oh for sure already this year and last year and it's like you know yeah it's just that much harder the challenge the challenge is definitely there so i love it yeah no it's uh it's awesome yeah i, I so like california i'll hunt our early archery season and then uh Hunt the rifle, and then I'll usually I buy the Oregon the over-the-counter archery tag, and I'll hunt that. Um, I believe it opens like 
somewhere around the 12th or 13th of November, and I'll usually hunt that as well. So okay. you get to hunt the bucks in the rut. What, what out of curiosity, what what does that tag cost? <laughs> An arm and a leg. Yeah, they're kind of expensive, uh, aren't they? Like eight hundred bucks or something, or something like that. No, for a, for a, for a non-resident for the tag, I want to say four sixty-five, and then the license is somewhere around maybe one hundred and seventy or one hundred and sixty. Okay, I'm is, not exactly sure, but right around there. Is elk? Is elk more in Oregon? The the elk is uh, right around like five hundred and seventy-five dollars for the tag. And then, yeah, yeah, I think that's what I was thinking. My my wife's uncle lives up there, so I've been kind of debating on um, getting tags up there also, so I was curious. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, Oregon elk hunting, the bow season, it's, it's big. There is definitely a bunch of people that have, over the last few years, it seems like, just really dive, dove into it, and yeah, uh-huh. there's a bunch. Yeah, but... Yeah. Where does uh your where do they have property up around? Or you said they lived up there or had property? Uh no, they don't have much property. Um just a small lot, but um they live in Talent, like next to Ashland. Oh, okay. Yeah, like in between Ashland and Medford. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I drive through there all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's only for for me from here it's like 5 hours, so it's not not a bad drive. But do you ever do you ever come up and I think I, I had asked you that before, but do you ever hunt up uh, anywhere up around here, Crescent City area? I haven't. Oh, okay. No, yeah, there's uh, it's it's a lot of fun up here. I've had trouble uh, trouble venturing anywhere else. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah. sort of I'm in Lincoln over here, so I'm sort of like at the base of the Sierras, so I I tend to go up up 80 or up 50 or whatever and and hit the sierras up in up in there d3 through 5 um but yeah I, i've been talking to a couple people recently that that hunt up are you up in kind of like b zone area yes i am yeah yeah so yeah i've been I, I don't know i've thought about going up there i haven't uh i guess had the uh opportunity or the um i guess i just haven't dug into it too much but yeah, it'll definitely sometime you'll have to uh, make a trip up here and try it out. Yeah, it's it's a blast, and especially especially the bow season, you just see so many more animals. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll have to check that. Do you, do you typically hunt on the like the west side of five and go for the go yes. for the, the true bat, black tails? Yes, I do. Yeah, I. Okay. Uh, I for any of our seasons I've never hunted uh like the sea zone area. I've been I've always been curious about it, but I never have uh I like my B zone tags, so I've never wanted to get a C zone one quite yet. Yeah, well it sounds like you do pretty well out there, so there's no reason to switch it up. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, I definitely uh I put my time in, that's for sure. And I'm fortunate enough with my job that I'm able to uh just use most of my time right for hunting season and yeah i just uh yeah hunt as hard as i can while i'm there uh-huh what do, what do you do for work uh i'm a plumber oh okay so a tur- my da- a turd my, herder. my dad's what's that a turd herder, a turd yeah. herder. <laughs> <laughs> sorry i'm an electrician so i i, I couldn't let that one go 
Oh, that's awesome. Well, fortunately enough, uh, which is cool, so I am 99.9% new construction. Okay. Uh, it's all, uh, yeah. and I'd say around the same two, 99% residential. We don't uh, do too much commercial, but we also do um, fire suppression systems. Okay, yeah. So it's fire sprinklers and all that, and so I run that side of it up here, and then my dad runs the plumbing side of it and all that. Oh, okay. Is it your guys' business? Yes. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, my dad started it, and then uh, when I was 15, I jumped into it with him and started doing it kind of after school and all that. And then I went to college for a little while and came home, and I've been doing this ever since. Right on. That's cool. Yeah, it kind of helps be able to make your own schedule, too, probably, huh? It helps just a little bit. But yeah. now with <laughs> just how crazy things are with the building, the way things are going, it's just booming. So yeah. we're... Yeah, very busy, and yeah. I'm sure being an electrician, you're knowing how that's going. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm on. The, I uh, I used to work for myself a uh, f- few years back for for a couple years. I did like residential and commercial electrical, but then I mm-hmm. I ended up just uh, you know, like you know how it is. M- money some months is like great, and then some months there's nothing coming for in. Sure. It's like up and down. So I, I just ended up uh, start. Well, it's a long story, but I started working for somebody else again. I, I work for a commercial electrical contractor as a project manager now so oh that's awesome yeah so it's cool i mean there's a lot of um you know there's a lot of flexibility with the schedule and stuff as well so that's awesome and like you're saying i mean that goes straight to a steady paycheck then rather than yeah yeah what's it going to be this month or yeah for sure yeah and like i said i mean you know some some months it's like it's awesome you know you make a ton of money and then some months it's just you know, your wife's like, okay, uh, are you going to bring home any money or what? Got bills to pay. <laughs> <laughs> so, No, I, I know how that goes. Yeah, that's the, uh, yeah, that's just how it is with self-employment. You just, like you said, you never know. One month could be good. The other month could be bad. And yeah. Yeah. So but. that's why as long as there's, there's work, then I'm, <laughs> I'm not turning it down. I'm fine with just going and going. Yeah. Nice. Is there any fires up there near you guys right now? Um, I want to say one. It was uh, the salmon. It might be the salmon complex or salmon fire. I want to say okay. that'd be that'd be from me. It's roughly probably two and a half hours. I would say. I I would guess. Oh, okay. Not too bad then, huh? No. What about you? You guys have any close? Yeah. Well, I mean, I haven't been honestly following it following along to see exactly where they are but yeah there's some within 45 minutes or an hour and then up the hill i don't know where the fire is up in the sierras i think there's a few but uh this last weekend i got kind of pushed off the mountain because there was quite a bit of of uh smoke up there it was getting hard to breathe i was i was up close to i was like almost almost nine thousand feet where i was and yeah i got all of a sudden it was funny. I was I actually I was focused on a buck and I was making a stock on. I don't know. One side had f- at least four points. I didn't see the other side, but I I saw a buck like from like two hundred yards away. I was just I was uh, it wasn't getting too smoky yet, but I I I was kind of still hunting and creeping my way up this mountain, and mm-hmm. I was just using my glass and just picking apart all the you know under under the trees and stuff. And I I saw antlers. And, you know, I didn't have my tripod because I was still hunting. I wasn't really, like, planning on sitting and glassing, so I just 
was holding hand holding my binos and I was a little shaky and I just I'm like man are those antlers or is that a stick or what and then I I, I thought I saw the antlers move so I'm like all right so I anyways I put my pack down and I stalked in on this buck and um I don't know how this turned into a hunting story but <laughs> but uh <laughs> I I uh so I I, st- I started stalking in there's there's like four little draws in between me and the buck and mm-hmm. and they were probably only like ten foot high, like bumps or you know like draws in the in the side of the mountain. So I was just kind of working my way over each one real slow. And I get over to like the last one, and I'm on the other side of this little draw from him. And uh, I hear something walking down the mountain that I, I thought I did, but it, you mm-hmm. know they're pretty quiet. You can but you can kind of you know I I heard rocks. It sounded like something was walking, but I. I didn't want to jump up and look and scare it, so I, I just kind of kept slowly working that way, and I peeked over, and sure enough, he was gone. So I, dude, he just oh really? So he didn't smell me or anything. He just he was it, it was right at like nine o'clock, like the 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 wind or the uh, sun just peeked over the the ridge and was shining down on him, and so I think he was just changing his beds, just it just at a coincidence at the same time, and he he walked away. And I peeked over, and he was gone. And I'm like, Damn. were you able to pick him up again? No, I I don't think I don't, I don't know if it was him. But on the way back, it started getting really smoky at that point in time. That was kind of where this story started. I at that point in time, I noticed how smoky and ash was coming down, and it was hard to breathe. And I wasn't. Oh, I, wow. I didn't notice any of that while I was stalking in because my, my all my attention was on him. But but so the adrenaline, everything going. Yeah, yeah. So then I. I worked yeah. my way down back to the truck, and I, I ended up jumping another buck. So I don't know if it was him or not, but I jumped one like, it was like 108 yards from my truck. <laughs> oh, wow, go figure. Yeah, dude, I'm like, <laughs> why am I hiking around up in the mountain when I could have just been hunting right in my truck? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? That's how it works sometimes. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, it was kind of, it was funny. But it was a little excitement. I was actually... Like I said, I've been doing the archery thing for not very long, so that was actually my first stock with with a bow. So it was it was exciting for me. Well, yeah, especially the jitters you get off that too, because then you're just kind of yeah. I mean, it's it's almost hard to explain if you haven't been there, but yeah, the jitters, everything, and you're just right there, right there. Everything just seems like it freezes, and oh yep. man, I love that. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, dude. Just just that like made my made my day. Like I I've been having bad i just haven't been finding many bucks this season scouting and hunting and so mm-hmm. it was it was a nice uh confidence booster to see it and be able to stock in pretty close to it and stuff like that so no oh, for sure yeah. do you uh are you a big fan of scents and all like as far as scent spray and all that scent eliminators um i i used to use it every time uh i honestly don't anymore I just always pay attention oh, really? to the wind. I mean, I use a windicator and stuff and watch the wind all the time, but I haven't been using really anything. I do, actually, I, I do use a detergent, but I don't really use much as far as the sprays and stuff go. Okay. Yeah, you no, a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan in that, yeah, especially really? the wind also, but I, had, uh, I was hooked up with this company a while ago, um, and they ended up having a uh, lotion that they used, and it was a dirt set or earth scent 
lotion. So when you would put it on, you would smell just like dirt, just like you took a handful of dirt. That's what you'd smell like. And so I would always, uh, especially if I was going to a tree stand or a ground blind, or even like if you had something where you just ended up stalking in on something, I would always put that on before I put a base layer, layer of camel on. Uh-huh. And then uh, as far as like the detergent, everything you're washing in also. And I, I'd always, I'd wash it in a scentless detergent and then I would take it and I'll put it in a tote and I'll take uh, like either some pine branches or some fir branches, whatever it is I'm going to be hunting around and I'll put, rip those branches off and I'll put those in the tote also. So that way, by the time you take your camo out to go hunt, it smells just like the area you're hunting. Okay. That's interesting. And I've had, I, yeah. I've had a lot of success that way. And especially just as far as coming up on deer and I've had, like I said, certain circumstances where the wind is just blowing right in their face and they're still unable to pick you up. Okay. That's, that's what, that's, what's really cool. That's that's, even if it's just a doe or something and she's trying her hardest to pick you up, but then she just, yeah, can't get, it's pretty cool. Huh? Yeah. It's funny when I like years or a few years ago, um, I was using that a lot and I, I just always figured, well, like, why not do everything I possibly can to like, even if, even if it doesn't work, like at least I'm trying to do everything I can. For to, sure. There's no reason not to. So I just always use that stuff. I don't, I didn't go to the extent of putting branches and stuff in, in the tote. I mean, I didn't go to probably to the extent that you are, but it's interesting uh-huh. hearing that because yeah, you hear a lot of guys like back East, you know, using those, um, scent lockers and like the I don't, I don't know i don't know what they call them but um like those bags and like those oh yeah like where it, it's the ozone or is it ozone eliminators or something like that where yeah it, it just kills the scent basically yeah exactly and but then it seems like every so like i don't have any i don't really have much for like uh like a mentor to teach mm-hmm. me all this stuff so i pretty much learn what i learn like my wife's uncle is, but he lives in Oregon. Um, so a lot of stuff I learned is from podcasts and stuff like that. So like oh, what okay. I, seems like everything I hear lately, like the guys we're hunting out West aren't as concerned about sense uh, control as like the guys out East. So it's interesting to hear, right. your, to hear your side and makes me kind of think twice. <laughs> right. You know, I've had, uh, growing up, as far as like say hunting with my parents and all that, we were never, it was never anything sent, uh, anything to do with that. I just, after what would it be after high school, kind of going into college, all that got real big and just watching like all the TV shows, like, uh, say the crush with Lee and Tiffany, the white tail show. I mean, yeah, real big into watching that stuff. And then that's where I started picking up, like, you know, watching your scent, your wind and just all that stuff. And then I ended up, uh, I don't, I don't think I picked up, say, putting the branches and all that stuff in with it. I just kind of started doing that. Yeah. And then it just really, oh, it just kind of took for me. And then over time, I, I just got, it's, that's just what I do. That's my, I mean, that's my go-to. I do that right before I go hunting every time. And like I said, no sooner I get ready to go hunt and pull my camo out, you smell just like the area you're hunting. Yeah. Well, that makes, I mean, it makes 100% like total sense, especially like, like those branches, you know, like a fresh cut pine branch has a pretty strong smell to it. So like, 
any it's very strong. Yeah, so it makes total sense to do that. I don't know why. It seems just it just seems like from what I've seen, people don't um, do that much out here, or maybe it's just me. <laughs> maybe I need no, to... you know what they, they really don't, honestly. And I'm just I don't I don't know. I've had people give me uh, crap for it and all that stuff, but I I mean, like you said, I mean, I've had the proof as far as the bucks that I've killed and all that. It's not every time are you going to be right up and close to them, but when I need to be, I'm able to be. Yeah, and so I've had it before, before where I've been hunting in a ground blind, still doing the same, uh, same stuff with my camo, and I've had deer come up and literally just almost stick their nose inside the blind. I mean, trying to smell you, trying to do whatever, and they haven't, they don't pick you up. That's awesome. I mean, it's not you're not going to be undetected all the time, but a lot of the time, it really it just seems to work. Yeah. Now that makes sense. I no, I think it's I think it's cool. I mean, I. I think the the more you the more you take it seriously and the more you take pay attention to all those kind of details, the more successful you're going to be, whether it's scent or or you know, sighting in your rifle or your bow or whatever like just getting into just really digging into all those details is going to it's only going to help, so Oh, for sure. Yeah, it can't hurt. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, no, I think it's I think it's cool. Um, do you uh so do you do you hunt mostly out of tree stands or or blinds? Do you what, what's your what's your typical? Tactics? I do. I do. I would say the majority would be spot and stock. But if I have somewhere where before season I've scouted, uh, it looks really promising. Well, then for the most part, my go-to is the tree stand. I absolutely, hands down, that is my favorite thing to do is the tree stand. Really? Uh, if I have some. If I have something where I feel I can't really get a tree stand in there, can't get quite where I want to be for it, or just feel like the wind is too much, um, I'll try ground blind, and then, yeah. But, like, my go-to, my favorite is tree stands. I think it's a blast. Okay. Yeah, I've never hunted out of a, so, out of a stand. Do you, do you have multiple stands that you put out? or? I do. I do, yeah. I've had uh, – I was roughly – I think I – Eight or ten is what I had out because every time, so I always, uh, what really got me into it was I was filming all of my stuff. So I would always have stands in pairs, and I would set one up for a camera guy and then one up for the hunter. Okay. And so so the only downfall is, like I said, I hunt public land, so you get those people that uh, can't keep their hands off of other people's stuff. Yeah. That's the only that's the only downfall. So last year I ended up having a couple stands stolen. Man. But uh yeah, other than that I haven't really had any issues. But yeah, no, they're it's a blast. It like yeah, it's definitely hands down my favorite way to hunt. That's cool, man. So do you uh do you the filming thing you have a YouTube channel, don't you? I did I do have a YouTube channel. I haven't uh made any or put any videos together in quite some time but uh yeah it ended up i was just completely hard on for it just trying to you know film everything get it just nothing especially with blacktail and being on public land and then trying to find a big mature buck it just never would quite work out to get on film it always seems like there's just always something to where it doesn't happen and 
where I would be different from somebody hunting whitetail is when you come up on a big mature blacktail, I'm not going to wait for my camera guy to get on it. And if he doesn't have the, if he doesn't have the shot saying he can't get on it, well, I'm not going to say, Oh, well, maybe next time I'm shooting the buck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're just not as easy to come by out here. huh? No. Yeah. It's, it's not like you're sitting in some, uh, corn lot somewhere. Yeah. It just, it doesn't happen. Yeah. I know. I feel like I've thought about the filming thing a few times and I, I feel like that, like it would just be hard to do out here like you think of guys in either even like colorado or wyoming or there's just there's just a better population of animals so i think their opportunities are just a little bit higher so they're probably a little bit more likely to have a have a good film to put together yeah and one one thing because i've been uh around it quite a bit one thing that would make it to me, it would make it so much more easy as if you were on private land. Um, it would be hands down. You could put shows together left and right. I mean, it would be, it, yeah. it, you're still like, like to me, I guess how hard it is trying to get these bucks lined up on public land and being able to have success doing that. I just feel like if I was ever able to say hunt on a private ranch somewhere, it just feels like it would be a lot easier than what I've been doing. So I feel like it would, and it, don't get me wrong, it's still hard. You still, blacktail are still the hardest animal I feel to hunt. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I definitely feel it'd be a lot easier to put shows together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I would I would think so, yeah. I think uh, bear hunting might not be too hard either because there's so damn many of them. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I ended up, uh, that, that was one of the videos I put together on my YouTube channel was... Uh, I was actually deer hunting and then had a bear come in and ended up shooting him. It was pretty cool. Shot him at 19 yards. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. So, I I just noticed that that you had that link on your on your page. I'm like, "Oh, I didn't even I didn't even realize that." I'll have to check it out. Yeah, no, it would be really it would be really cool to get in and start uh, editing and putting some videos back out, but yeah, it just ended up with the way everything went, like I said, with work and just stuff getting busier and just, yeah, slowly just kind of ran out of time for doing that. Yeah, yep. Because you're uh, yeah, obviously running the business, and you said you're, you're married, right? I am married, yes. You have uh, you have kids or anything like that? I do not have kids. Okay. No, no sir, not yet. Nope, yeah. we've been married uh, four years now, and... Yeah, no, no kids. Just kind of enjoying enjoying our life right now without them. I yeah, guess you could say. that <laughs> doesn't sound bad. Enjoy it while <laughs> you can. Right? Do you have kids? Yeah, yeah. I have three daughters. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Busy, busy. <laughs> what are their ages, if you don't mind? Uh, yeah, they're actually my two-year-old's turning three this weekend. And then, uh, and then I have a four-year-old that's turning five here in a couple months, and then a nine-year-old. So that's awesome. Yeah, keeps us busy. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, I bet for sure. Do they? How do they? Do they like outdoors and going with you hunting? Yeah. So I take my. I've been taking my nine-year-old now, pretty much just this this past year. I took her duck hunting and and deer hunting. Um. So yeah, she she loves it. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten a deer with her yet, 
Uh, got a couple ducks with her last season, but yeah, no, she loves it, man. Yeah, that's way cool. Yeah, uh, especially getting getting kids interested in it young of all things. That's that's the way to go. Yep. Yeah. Every time I li- like right now, it's it's kind of hard to take her for archery season. So I, every time I leave, they're all they they root me on and pray for me when I'm gone to bring back something, but. I haven't been lucky enough this season, oh. so <laughs> we'll see how next weekend goes. Well, hopefully, yeah. So your season, uh, you said you were D zone. Yeah, D three through five. Um, so when did does yours close next weekend? Also, yeah, for archery. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but then I got a now that general season tag as well. Well, I guess I can still use my archery tag also if I haven't filled it, but. So yeah, I still have two deer tags and a bear tag to fill. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you could find one. It seems like every time you end up with a bear tag, you never end up seeing a bear. And then every time you don't have a tag, it seems like you just see them everywhere. I know. It's yeah. It's it's so weird. It's hit and miss. <laughs> and it's funny how some some areas are just loaded with bears and and berries and all the sign. And it's almost like you can like feel their presence when you when you get there. But like some areas are just you know, seem to have more deer and less bears. So it's interesting to try to narrow those areas down. You know, I had had one area where uh, before season, we just happened to be driving in the mountains, just doing some scouting. And we had seen this buck and just got a quick glimpse uh, glimpse of him. And I figured he was probably 24, right around that 24-inch mark. But he was a 5 by 5 with even kickers shooting out both sides oh really and oh just a, just a beautiful buck so that was <laughs> a week and a half before season was going to start and so i threw something together real quick went into where i thought he might be uh threw a tree stand up through cameras there all that stuff well anyway long story short uh as far as like how you're talking bears i don't know if i found uh bear sanctuary or what it was but <laughs> i i had i want to say it was 2100 pictures of just absolutely nothing but bears different bears we're not talking the same bear having the same travel pattern i mean different bears small big color phase just Damn. all throughout the day <laughs> Jeez, it was crazy how long of a period was that camera up that one was up for probably, I would say, three weeks. Because I ended up actually jumping in there on opening day uh, to hunt it. And I remember walking in there opening morning with my wife. And we got to the base of the tree. And, of course, pitch dark, all that stuff. Because I would try to get in the tree stand about an hour before daylight, at least. Okay. And uh, I remember getting in there. And I'm trying to get everything up the tree. And get everything set up for filming and all that stuff. And she's on the ground. Well, all of a sudden, just something huge beside us just crashes. And then just, I mean, just if you can picture, you're already kind of eerie. Yeah. And then, oh, as soon as that happened, I swear, she just about crapped, shot up the tree. <laughs> it freaked me out as well. I have no clue still what it was to this day. But later on that morning, about 9 o'clock, uh, we heard two lions fighting. Oh, wow. And so, 
oh, they were down below us. I have, I didn't ever see them, but it was, I'm guessing 150 yards or so, but you could just hear them just going at it. I told her, I was like, yeah, I'm okay with getting out of here now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No kidding, man. Uh, so you yeah. think that you think uh, that noise maybe was like a cat jumping out of a tree or something or I mean you know I don't know if it I I honestly have no clue I mean it was something that got close to us and then when it took off it was loud huh and it was only it was only loud crashing through these because I was in uh, timber and so it's real dry just uh, dead limbs and stuff on the ground and what was weird is it was loud for it sounded like what could be 25, 30 yards and then just stopped. And I never heard another noise like all the way till daylight, never seen anything. I have no clue what happened. Yeah. Man. Ugh, that's so, eerie. It almost makes you like wonder if it was following you guys in or something. And then all of a sudden it smelled you and decided to leave or heard you climbing up the tree and decided to leave or something or what? Yeah, I I don't know. And I've I've never had I mean I've always I've had a couple times to where as far as like you just you feel like something's there, the hair stands up on the back of your neck. Like one of the times I'd had uh a tree stand set up, it was about a mile and a half behind this gate. And I would usually hunt it with other people, but I had a real big buck I was chasing and I was like, I couldn't get any of my buddies or my wife was busy at the time. And I was like, well, heck with that, you know, I'm still, I'm going in. Yeah. And I was, I was making sure that I was going to be in there, you know, an hour before. And you, you got to walk way in this road and it would drop off, go down a goalie. You'd go up another ridge. And as I was down in this goalie coming up, I couldn't hear nothing. It was just one of those mornings where it was just, just dead quiet. You know, the only thing you're hearing is your feet. Uh-huh. And I'm walk I'm walking up this ridge, and I just instantly out of nowhere the hair stood up on the back of my neck, and I'm like, okay, something's there. You know, I'm shining the light around, looking like, what the heck? Something. I just just felt it. And then by that time, it was just like, you know what? I don't even care. I made a beeline just straight for my stand. I got all the way up in the tree. I left my pack on, left everything on, sat down real quick, and just didn't ma- didn't move a muscle and just listened. And no sooner I listened, I could hear branches breaking behind me, like coming towards the tree. Oh, and man. again, I never did see anything, never did see what it was, and have no clue what it was to this day. But it was very eerie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I know. You, yeah, once you started saying, talking about the hair standing up on the back of your neck and stuff, like, I, I totally trust that sixth sense or whatever it is that you get, like, when you get that feeling. Like, I, I believe that. Like one hundred percent. Like when I feel that, have that feeling, I'm like, like, like you said, like you just know something's there. It's just so creepy. I don't know if you've seen it on my social media, but I have a picture, a trail cam picture of three lions laying together, and so that picture, I didn't. So I would at that time I would go and I would usually check my cameras every two weeks. Uh-huh. Well, when I went back ended up seeing that picture i was checking my camera 20 minutes before those three lions were on my camera oh wow (laughs) so you know they were somewhere right there oh man yeah that's creepy no yeah they are definitely uh yeah that's a 
that's another one of the many topics you could talk about is just how California sucks for managing their game. And yeah, if they could ever figure out that we have way too many mountain lions, that would be awesome. Yeah. No kidding. Huh? Yeah. So just... when, you're seeing, when you're seeing lions in person and they're not scared of you, you know, there's something wrong. Oh man. Yeah. They, I feel like the, yeah, they, they make me a little more nervous than bears. <laughs> Oh, for sure. A bear's just curious. Unless you're around its cub or something like that. I mean, for the most part, they're just straight curious. Yeah. Yeah, I think I just uh, I just see them more, but you know, it's cuz but they sort of roam around like they're not really they're not really afraid of much, so they just roam around. So you just, I mean, you just see them, you know, like like uh like the the cats. I mean, I I I honestly haven't seen one, but I see, you know, like you said, like pictures of them everywhere i mean they're 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 out there i see their tracks all the time they're they're there <laughs> they're everywhere it's just you yep. know they're either traveling at night or they're, they're they're cats they're they're so good at hiding they're like the stealthiest animal there is so it's probably oh, what's great i i had had one that uh my wife and i were up in the mountains and i don't remember quite how it went down but she said it looked like a deer just crossed behind us we were driving she said it looked like deer just crossed behind us so really okay well i got out and walked back and it, it uh, we had just crossed this uh it's got a creek that was going across the road and i walked back to that creek bed and, all right well there's deer standing there and pulled my binoculars up and i'm looking and it's not dawning on me i'm looking i'm like huh a funky looking doe i started looking i was like man its ears are really short and this is going on in my head <laughs> and i'm like why is that, that face is really gray and then boom just focus it was like oh my gosh that's a that's a lion looking at me and it was 20 yards from me oh damn big old, old cat just sitting there staring at me yeah no that was nice <laughs> <laughs> it took off that it took off after that but yeah it uh it was just funny i was like man that's a that's a funky looking deer <laughs> yeah and you don't you don't see them all the time, so I wasn't expecting that. Dang. But, yeah, Ugh. no, they're too many. Yeah, and from what I, from what I hear, um, it, it sounds like, and I think part of it is, is obviously the management part where we're not allowed to, to hunt them, that they just, they just grow and they get so big. Like, people, people say that we have some of the biggest lions there are because, like, we just don't hunt them here. So they just oh, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, they're very well fed. Yeah. They say, uh, I think, I think I read a male cat will take down a deer a week, roughly, and then a cat with cubs. They say is about a deer and a half. Damn. Yeah. So, too many. Yep. It's. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many. I don't know. I, I don't know if the is the wolf. Do you know if the wolf issue? I mean, are they? Are those are they growing here? Like they're, uh, what do you call them? You know, I've heard, I've heard uh, that OR seven, the one I think it was the one that first came down from. Uh, I don't know if it was Crater Lake area or something like that. Like uh, I heard he, ago. yeah, he had a wolf or a little uh, few pups or whatever you'd call it. Um, then I also heard that there was a a group of people out of Ashland that were raising these big wolf-like dogs and they were releasing them into the wild. Oh, really? So, yeah, I <laughs> I'd heard that from a couple people. And so, you know, I, 
I don't know if there's some of that, but I do know that there is a lot more wolves here than fish and game and all that will uh, fess up to or want you to know. Yeah. But that's that's just another thing that if it ends up, uh, they would overtake a cat. So there, if it, if you end up with, you know, five, six wolves in a pack and versus a cat, well, that cat's going to retreat every time. Yeah. Yeah, because I know just talking talking to my uncle in Oregon, um, he has buddies that have land and they they keep trail cameras up all the time and they they have uh, livestock and stuff like they they'll have I can't remember if it was sheep or goats or what they had but but they had he had this picture of there was like twelve mountain lions in one in one picture uh, on a kill well. Yeah, it was like 12 or 11. It was like just this crazy number of mountain lions. It was like, holy wow. crap. It's insane. <laughs> but Jeez. they but they have the big they have these the, the same issues with the wolves up there too, so I just it just made me think of that. Yeah, no, it's uh California just the way they manage their stuff. I mean, if the wolf gets in there and then with the number of bears they've had, and I've caught wind where they're saying they're trying to get rid of the bear tag, just how they ended up getting rid of the bobcat tag. Yeah. Um, yeah, California's just aiming to get rid of hunting in general. But, yeah, it's just, it, it's not it's not a very good outlook for when you look at trying to have, you know, a nice healthy deer herd with everything else that a deer has to encounter through the year and all that, you know, the winter, diseases, everything else. You've got bears that are responsible for 40% of the fawn deaths a year. And then you've got the cats and then you've got, you know, the people hunting and yeah, there's a lot of deer lost through the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. And I mean, even the, it's like, yes, yeah, it's just all uh, the, the balance is totally screwed up. I mean, there's too, there's honestly probably too many tags that they give out. There's, there's too many predators. Yes. There's not enough, you yes. know, they took the, the hound hunting away for, for bears it's just it's a it's a mess i wish somebody yeah i'm a big believer in in california for b zone i really think they should go to one tag and i think you should have to pick you should have to pick either you want to hunt archery or you want to hunt uh rifle and then if you pick archery i do believe they should be like oregon and give you a, a later season because i think archery there's so many hunters that don't take it serious they don't practice they take unethical shots and there's so many deer lost and that's just speaking from my experience seeing this there's so many deer lost during archery season that if you were to split that tag then you would have the people that would be like well you know i'm not too sure if i'm going to kill one with a bow so i'm going to go with what i'm sure with and i'm going to pick a rifle yep and so right right there would cut back on quite a few deer that are lost because I don't know how many people I've heard of. Oh yeah, he was, you know, he was a hundred yards out there, and I just thought, well, I'd hold high, and you know, I hit him in the guts and never found him. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, but. that's just. It's just not right. Yeah, and I'm sure that happens all the time. <laughs> oh yeah, no, it. Uh, I one of the guys last year had come up to me and. He was talking to me about hunting and everything, and he said, yeah, I'm going out. I think this was a Thursday. I'm going bow hunting this weekend. I said, oh, man, that's awesome. Right on. He said, yeah, I just bought my first bow yesterday, and yep. I'm going bow hunting this weekend. I know. Yeah, I know, dude. 
Yeah. Uh, I see that all the time as well. Yeah, like last year was the first time I, that's when I first bought my bow. And I think I bought it in May. I think I bought it in March or maybe April. And I, I practiced a lot up until archery season and even then i mean I, I felt good with it you know like i i uh but i still wasn't probably going to take a shot at an at a buck beyond 30 yards you know like i i just i wasn't totally confident mm-hmm. in in the equipment and even though i was shooting targets a lot and stuff but it just wasn't i don't know i just i hadn't got the feel for it yet i feel better now after okay. now after a year and a half of shooting quite a bit and stuff but but no, yeah, it's just, awesome. what kind of bow do you shoot? I bought a Hoyt Defiant uh, Turbo. Oh, I, um, how do you like it? I like it. Um, I I don't know if I'll get a turbo again, just because the the let off is kind of it's real tight. Like when I pull it back, it just wants to it just wants to jump forward. The cams are just big, and it just wants to just it just wants to lunge forward. So just if you let off at all, it just it pulls your hand forward. You know what I mean? Ooh. so it's just that it, doesn't uh it's just not i wouldn't be a fan of that yeah it's just not it's not that forgiving just being i think just because it's a turbo i mean it it's fine it's fine but the, the second you start like relaxing a little bit it sometimes your hand jumps forward okay so what pound is you shooting um it's only up to like 65 pounds right now oh okay um but Awesome. Yeah, but no, I like it. It's uh, it works well, but I haven't shot anything with it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you get the chance to this weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I actually feel pretty good. I, I, I went and checked out. A, I, I've just been having horrible luck, so I, I've been checking out new spots a, a lot. And I found a new spot. It's like three and a half hours from my house, but which is a little further than I usually go for weekend trips, but. Um, but I, dude, the area looks great, man. Like I, I pulled in there and I'm like, dude, this looks awesome. Like there's springs coming out of, the, there's springs coming out of the mountains everywhere in this one valley. Oh, really? Yeah, there's a river going through the middle. There's springs coming out of both sides of the mountains on both sides of this little valley, and um, there's high country right there. Like you can you can hunt out of your truck, so you don't you don't have to backpack in, but you can still climb up to really high elevation and hunt or you can just still hunt the timber that's close to camp or there's just tons of water and feed and shelter and like it's it, lo- it looks really good oh, dude. Wow. i'm pretty excited about it because I, I i only hunted there for by the time i got there so I, I tried one spot friday night that i didn't like last weekend i backpacked in and then i backpacked out saturday and i drove to this spot and it looked really good pulling in there Saturday night. Um, and then so I hunted Sunday morning for probably four or five hours until that smoke rolled in. And I and I jumped the I, I stalked in on that one buck and I jumped another buck. So I, you know, just a short period of time. And it, so I'm pretty excited to get back out there. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty promising. Yeah. Yeah. I have a good, <laughs> yeah. good feeling about it. So. We'll see. Yeah, man. Hopefully you're able to come up on something good and connect. That'd be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just all these other... I Like, I've found... 
like the last couple of years I've been I've I've just been had my mindset on areas just where I want the the deer to be but they're not actually there. So, so it's like right. I'm like, you know, it's like I'll see a buck and then I'll just have my heart dead set on the place and I just won't see anything for the rest of the season and then, and then I'll go back the next year and then it's like the last two years I've just been wasting my time. Um but it ended up being it ends up being a good bear spot, so I'll probably end up going back there for bear, but you know, it's like you end up kinda of learning what areas are for me it seems like. Some areas are just better for bears and some are better for deer. For sure. Do you have uh the area you hunt, is there a lot of hunters? Um well the new area I just found, I only saw one other guy. Um and he oh, had a lot that's of good awesome. Yeah, he had a lot of good things to say about it too. So, and he has been hunting there since like '91. So, so I was like, "Well, that's cool that he was friendly enough to, uh, you know, at least tell you good about it rather than steer you away." Yeah, he was a really, really cool dude. Um, yeah, for that reason alone, like, yeah, most guys don't share information like that. He was like, "Yeah, I've been hunting here for forever. You know, there's big bucks in here, and." Um, yeah, he just kind of went on and on about how good it was. He told me where he where he was jumping bucks at and where he was finding them at, and so I was like, "Damn, oh, wow. dude, that's thank you." And he's like, awesome. "He's like, hey yeah. man, if you're willing to get up there and put in the work, then you deserve it. I don't care." I'm like, "Cool, man, appreciate it." So yeah, like, that's awesome. That doesn't happen too often. Yeah, he was a real nice guy. I was, yeah, I appreciated it for sure. But, you know, you can kind of yeah, get, not... get the feel when you start talking to somebody, you know, like if they seem like a straight shooter or a good guy, it's like you're kind of more willing to share or, or listen, you know. On what, for sure. Whatever. Yeah, no, I've, I for the most part, like when people ask me, I mean, honestly, I'm not the most giving of information just because over the years uh, I've had having, you know, like, I had a website and then running the Facebook page, Instagram and all that. I have these people that, uh, I mean, they do, they, it's the sad part is people that know me also, they've followed me. I had one guy years ago, uh, took a picture off my website, downloaded it or whatever to his phone, seen where my truck was parked. Somehow, uh, I heard they followed my boot tracks in the mud Anyway, they ended up finding my camera, took my camera, put their camera on the same exact stump where I had had mine, and then told, yeah, and then ended up, when I ran into them, uh, long story short, telling me that I don't own the land, it's God's country, and it's just kind of first come, first serve. (laughs) So, yeah. Oh, man. no, I'm not. I'm not much for, like I said, giving up on stuff. I don't really. I'm not. I'm definitely not going to lie to somebody. So that's why I would just assume, just say, not say anything at all. Yeah, yeah, and I and honestly, yeah, I kind of, especially since I feel like I've been having a, a frustration of actually finding good spots lately. That yeah, like if I if I end up finding a spot that I think is going to be awesome or it turns out to be awesome i'm not yeah i'm not going to be in a hurry to give that spot away to anybody you know like i it just no. there's so many hours and so much time that goes into finding it and you finally find yeah, it and there's exactly. no one there it's like you don't want to tell a bunch of people about it 
Exactly. And that's the thing too. Like when you go in and you're doing all that work and then a lot of these guys are so lazy, they would rather go jump in on your work and, you know, take uh, your spoils basically out of it instead of doing their own work. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and being public land, I have people all the time, you know, well, where'd you kill that? Like, I had one guy, uh, it's, it's still, it's just funny the way they had said it, but, uh, I killed this buck years ago on opening day and, um, uh, my wife actually ended up spotting it while the guy says, you know, where were you? And I said, oh, I was up, yada, yada, yada. And he, oh, okay. What side of the road was the deer on? You know, like off down in there. And so, well, it was, it was on the right side. It was on the uphill, you know, she made a good spot. And he says, oh, okay, well, do you think I could have seen it if I was driving that road? I don't, I don't know. I said, my wife made a really good spot on it, you know. And Yeah. Well, you know, you, th- you think I could have made the shot? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Well, anyway, he ended up, uh, the next four or five days ended up just hunting that area hard as can be. He never did pull a buck out of it, but it's like people think there's going to be a deer on the gut bag that where your deer was standing. <laughs> so. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No, I got tons of stories like that, but yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm a big fan of if you, if you're wanting to kill a big buck, put your work in. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen. If you're going to put your work in, you're going to put your time in, you're going to find a buck, and then it's just going to be up to you to capitalize when you get the chance. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, that made me think about this, this this conversation. Just made me think about like, what is your what is your like? I mean, for me, like a rule, like if if you're like if you have a buddy that shows you a spot, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's pretty much a common rule, right? That like, if he shows you a spot, you only hunt there when when you're hunting with him, right? You don't just like go hunt there and when you're hu- take his spot. Exactly. No, when you're hunting with him, that's it. You don't go take your buddy back in there. You don't go or a different buddy. You don't go back in there by yourself. You go with him because that's his find. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what I always how I always under what, understand it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm, uh, I've been fortunate enough to where the people I've hunted with, I've never, uh, I've never had them go back in there with other people or go back in anywhere, you know, on their own, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right on. No, there's a, yeah, no, I've been, I've been, I've been very fortunate. So good, good. Do you ever do a, but, so are most of your, um, most of your trips, like, are you are you camping at a, at campsites with your truck? Or are you backpacking in? Or are you horsebacking in? Or what what's your typical? Do you kind of do it all? Or you know what? Honestly, I've never horsebacked, and I, I've rode horses. I mean, but I've never uh, horsebacked in anywhere, and I've never uh, backpacked in anywhere. Okay, I've just got a place where I go camp i take my trailer up camp off the road and then just kind of have a barrage of areas that i can go from there and just kind of basically where my scouting throughout the year makes me feel i'm going to have better chances and that's where i pretty much i'll drive to that and then walk in or do whatever from there okay 
So yeah. I've always, I've, I have definitely wanted to horseback in just because you can get so much further back in places to where that hunting pressure is off of the deer, yeah. which I think would be awesome. And quite a few people do that. You see that on social media all the time. And I think that would be awesome to be able to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. I think the whole experience would be fun for me anyways. I just don't get to do the stuff like that often. So I've always yeah. been no, interested in the, the horse backing and the wall tents and the, all that stuff since I was a kid, you know, like picking up Cabela's catalogs and like, oh man, that looks <laughs> like an adventure. Right. But no, we, uh, every now and again, when we would draw a tag, we'd go up to, uh, Eastern Oregon and elk hunt. And then that's still not horsebacking in, but I mean, you're up in a wall tent and you're doing a lot of walking and yeah, a lot of stuff like that. But yeah, no, I, I agree. It would definitely, it would be very fun to do. Yeah. Yeah. My uncle does that. He goes to Eastern Oregon a lot to antelope. Well, he doesn't get antelope tags often, but I went with him a couple of years ago, Eastern Oregon. And then, uh, he goes over there for elk as well and does the wall tent thing and, and all that so but yeah it's a it's a blast to do it's a lot of fun yeah yeah i like that so do you what's that well i was gonna ask do you hunt anywhere do you hunt out of state or are you mostly california um not yet i i i'm i want to get into it though i'm <laughs> just because i want to actually kill something <laughs> <laughs> no i just uh yeah, I want to. I, th- I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be a fun experience just to learn learn different states to see the. I, I do want to. I want to do like a Wyoming antelope hunt here soon too. I just I I think there's some easy tags to get and stuff over the counter and. Uh, oh really? But yeah, I want to. I want to start doing it more. I I got a membership to to go hunt and stuff last year, so I'm starting to dig into it. I I just haven't started building up points yet. But that's, that's the hard part building up the points and then the waiting game begins yeah have do you you do much of that i do yeah i uh i started late in california um it definitely should have been something from when i was 12 on that i should have done points but i think now i'm only around that nine or ten mark in california for elk and deer and then uh i put in for oregon as well and then that's it I'd like to branch out and do Nevada next year, uh-huh. and, uh, Nevada and Arizona, and just start kind of building up points for those states. Yeah, yeah, I want to do this. So actually, actually, I don't know if Nevada is a point system. I don't, I, I don't know actually if that's a point system or if that's kind of a random or. I thought I might have heard it was a random, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, I need to. I need to start digging into it. Um, I have a couple of buddies that do the Arizona thing, like, like it's like an either or tag, like a coos deer or a mule deer tag, and I think it's over the counter. Uh, like in, oh. I think it's like a January hunt or something, like January, February or something. That would be cool. That'd be a way to start out the new year. Yeah, I, th- I think it's. I think it would be cool because you can still. It doesn't interfere with anything else, other unless you're a duck hunter, you know. Right. Um, so no, that would be really neat to be able to do. Yeah. And I don't think the, I don't think it's that expensive and I don't think, uh, and like I said, I think they're over the counter. I, I mean, obviously probably depending on the zone, but 
but might be worth yeah. worth uh, checking out. Yeah, I've I've always seen the bucks that come off uh, what is it the Arizona Strip they call it yeah. whatever that is just massive mule deer. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I've 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 only hunted mule deer twice in my life, and it definitely wasn't uh, wasn't hunting for massive mule deer. That's for sure. Oh really? Yeah. You know, when, <laughs> yeah. When when the ears are bigger than the horns, they're not that massive of a mule deer. <laughs> it's still bigger than a blacktail, but yeah. Where did you? Where was that at? An X zone or something, or in a different state? No, I. I uh, uh, what was it? Um, in Oregon, it was a. It, I think it's interstate. Interstate unit number seventy-five. It was like a one or two point draw, and you uh, get to go over there. I think it's in the first part of October is when it was, and it was fun. You just, it's definitely not like say blacktail hunting where I'm used to. You might see anywhere from twenty to forty deer a day to where. I mean, over in that zone, we were seeing anywhere from 15 to 30 bucks a day when you're hunting that. Oh, it's wow. Just you're not seeing, you're not seeing monster bucks by any means. I mean, you're seeing pork and horns, three points. And that was one of those things where I was, I was holding out for something big and held out until the very, very last day at that time. And at that time, I was like, well, I'm taking some meat home. So I ended up with something a lot smaller than what I went there for. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, you, so. do you put in for X zones at all? Uh, I have not in California, actually. I was oh, really? always uh, put in for, is it M11, I want to say? Okay. That B1 late, late season muzzleloader. Okay. And, yeah, no luck with that yet. I've never drawn anything in California. Okay. Huh. Do you... Uh, I just, I just contribute. <laughs> I just give yeah. them my money every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's, I, I don't know, but from from me looking at looking at your pages and stuff, I'm like, man, I mean, it doesn't look like you have a reason to really go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been doing well, pretty good. Uh, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it's just been, it's one. Like I said, I'm a lot different than other people as far as like it really. Yeah, it is an addiction. So I definitely, uh, it was eat, sleep, breathe, and just constantly, constantly on Google Earth, constantly on X Map. I mean, trying to just figure out my next move and trying to map out where I, where I've seen these deer moving, and yeah, always constantly trying to think of my next step. Yep. Nice. Do Do you uh? So do you typically set your stands up and like, you just find like beat down trails and and try to find areas where they kind of funnel through and or something and set a stand or what? What are you typically looking for? Uh, it just all depends on kind of the area I'm hunting. Uh, like that one I told you that I killed last year on opening day. It just it it was a escape area I want to say. So where they would come out and feed if something would spook them or, you know, just alert them, basically, that was the area they would funnel out of. They would kind of funnel around this point of trees, and that was their way out of there. Okay. And so that's that's where it seemed more often than not that they were kind of just going by. So that's where I ended up putting my tree stand at that time. And then um, other things, yeah, you know, if it's going to water, if you know they're hitting water certain times of the day, um 
in between their food and bedding. It just it all depends kind of on the situation. Uh huh. And you're able to kind of figure some of that out just by by cameras, huh? Cameras. Yep. Yeah, cameras and then big thing playing the wind and yeah. The hardest ones are when you're in there and, and the wind doesn't make up its mind and it just whirls and switches directions every five minutes. That's where your uh, your scent control techniques come in, huh? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, no, I've uh, that scent control as far as working, one of the things that I remember was I had my head, I was resting my head on the uh, I guess the arm or whatever of my tree stand and I was playing a game on my phone and just how sneaky deer are too on top of that. I was yeah. playing a game looking down and I just happened to, I didn't even move my head. I just looked like to the left of my phone and there just happened to be a deer standing directly underneath of me. <laughs> didn't even, didn't hear it, didn't nothing. All of a sudden it was just standing there just like it appeared out of nowhere. Isn't that crazy? And, uh, oh, it is. Yeah, and it's so cool and so interesting to see that. It's just, that's one thing about a tree stand. You get to watch them in their natural habitat. It's not like, say, if you're those guys that road hunt all the time where you're constantly, the deer is always alert. Yeah. You know, they're always there. They know you're there already rather than in a tree stand or ground blind. Uh, yeah, you're watching them in their natural habitat, and you kind of get to make the move. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a... It's fun. Definitely, definitely something if you ever have the chance or want to get into, I highly recommend it. Yeah. I know. Making me, making my wheels spin right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And like I said, I mean, I have a blast at it and, uh, I get my wife in there with me, get her in there before season. I take my buddy in there. We'd go, you know, set up, uh, one of the buddies they had hunted with, he was like a monkey, you know, it's, we would, we would set up the stand and I remember we set up this one particular set of stands and there was a big tree, like probably 20 feet in front of me that I was like, man, if we could like limb this tree somehow, this would like completely open up everything. And that dude with no rope, no safety harness, no nothing shimmied up all the way into this tree. We're talking like 40 feet up into this tree, just the way the mountain uh, sloped down from where my stand was to where he had to cut. He shimmied all the way up into this tree and limbed this thing like a big old 20 foot gap in the middle of it. And, uh, yeah, made, made it happen. Nice. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. No, no, it's, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Good memories for sure. Yeah. So how, how high up are the tree stands typically? I feel like I'm a, I'm a, not afraid of I'm kind of afraid of heights. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've I've read people talking about uh you know, talking about tree stand tactics and all that stuff and you know, people say between like ten and fifteen feet off the ground, but I was anywhere from twenty to twenty eight, twenty nine feet off the ground. Oh wow. Just kinda depends, like I said, on the slope. Sometimes you can be close to the round on the back side, but then on the front side of your stand, you're way down there. Yeah. One of those ones where if you fall, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that you hear so, about, like, guys back east, like, or whatever, I guess. It seems like tree stand hunting is just a little bit more popular out, 
out east or down south or whatever. Um, and yeah. you, you hear about guys falling out of their stands and dying or getting paralyzed and this and that. And I mean, do you, I mean, I'm sure the safety equipment and safety harnesses and stuff have gotten a lot better over the years, but do you ever run into any, any scares? Um, you know, fortunately enough, I have not. Um, I'm like when I hunt, I definitely, I'm all strapped up in the tree, uh, 100% safety. I need to, I do, I hate to admit it, but I do need to get better at it as far as I've always grown up as a kid. I was always climbing trees, always swinging from the limbs. I mean, I didn't care. So when it comes to setting the tree stands, I mean, I'm up there. I don't really care. I'm like a monkey basically in the trees (laughs) up there with no, with no harness, no nothing. I'm cutting the limbs, you know, getting everything ready to where I need to be and that's what me personally I'm bad at because I know it only takes one mess up and it could be the end of it. Yeah. So definitely people, people need to take tree stand safety. If you're doing that, you need to take that seriously because it only takes once. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, it's in- yeah. You hear about it. Go ahead. What was that? Uh, I was just, well, I was going to say it's, yeah, it's just interesting hearing your, uh, Hearing your uh, tactics or whatever, tree stand hunting, um, it doesn't seem like, I mean, I, I do know a couple guys that do it, but it doesn't seem like there's that many around here. Not that many for blacktail, no. They don't really, uh, you know, not a lot of guys do that. It's just, I don't know, none of my friends uh, do it, except to say if they were hunting with me. I never grew up around it. It's just, like I said, I I got infatuated with watching the hunting TV shows and all that stuff and just loved just how they did that, you know, setting up the stands, uh, trying to figure out the deer and uh, pattern them and all that stuff. And yep. and that's one thing, too, with the blacktail that's just insanely hard is trying to pattern a blacktail. Yeah. Because he could do one thing one day or be in one spot one day and be three miles away the next day. Uh-huh. So I had had I had had one, and this just I remembered it. Uh, so I what was it? I had a camera on a water hole, and I had this buck in there at eleven o'clock at night. And as a crow flies, it was just under three miles. I had him at six o'clock that next morning. This other camera I had, it was on nothing special. It was just on. A worn down trail. I was just trying to see what was in there. I had it on that camera, so I had him eleven o'clock the one night on the other camera, and six o'clock that next morning on that camera. I had no clue how it ended up that way, but yeah, he traveled all that distance in that short amount of time. Wow, <laughs> yeah, that's so, interesting. Yeah, and actually, I so I've had that happen twice. I had one. This one was, as a crow flies, I think it was a little over eight miles. I had him, uh, I had three different cameras. So my one camera down lower between the first two, it was probably a couple miles. I had him on the first camera. Then a couple days later, I had him on the second camera. And then about three weeks later, I had him on the third camera that was over eight miles away. Oh wow! And it's not like it's not like they're sitting on anything special. They're just sitting on a couple of them were water holes, and then the other one was just a trail. Uh huh. Do you remember? So, what, and it. Do you remember what time what of year? 
what what time of year it was or anything? Yeah, it was uh, the latter part of July into the first part, middle of August. Oh wow! So they're not like they're not migrating or anything down from no. snow or anything. Huh. No, that's what I was trying to figure out. I don't know if for some reason a cat maybe got in. Not some reason, but if a cat had got in there and you know bumped them out, I have no clue because it was so weird that he had stretched out and went that far. Yeah, and it wasn't like it. It was just a buck that was similar looking to a buck I'd seen. This buck was very uh, characteristic and everything in his horns. Um, uh-huh. You couldn't mess those. You couldn't mistake those for another one. So it was for sure the exact same buck. But yeah, he traveled some distance. Huh? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I'm learning from this year. This past years, I think I just need to. I need to get more cameras. And have you? Uh, are you using those cell cell uh, cameras that send you text messages when you get pictures? You know, the only reason I haven't is just because, like I told you, the tree fans get stolen. Uh, yeah. I don't trust anybody with those because nobody, like me, if I come up on somebody's camera, it's one of those things like, oh, cool. You know, I hope I smiled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, other other than that, these guys, they would just as soon break it because they feel like, you know, or take it because they feel like that's their spot or whatever they, you know, I don't know. So, no, to answer your question, I would. I don't want to pay all that money and then have somebody end up with a new cell phone camera. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear that. Uh, uh, it definitely, it definitely would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and I definitely would not get much work done. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dude, it is so convenient. I, I see like a couple of my buddies have them and they, they, uh, yeah, they just get pictures all the time, dude. And it's like, you know, they, I mean, yeah, I, I get like if you're concerned about the cost of someone stealing them, it makes sense. But but I, like I think of like yeah. how much gas you're saving of having to go check oh, for sure. check the cameras. Like it would pay for itself in no time. Like because you don't have to go check it, it. You know. So. And it, the only downfall for me is ninety five percent of the areas I hunt don't have service. Also. Yeah. So. Uh, but other than that, like I said, I just, people nowadays, it's, I, it, I wish it was different to where you can trust them, but yeah, they would just as soon walk off with your stuff before leaving it alone. Yep. I know. It's kind of sad. Yeah. But no, yeah. I, I mean, as far as the cell camera, I've, uh, I've had cameras to where, like I said, I was checking them every two weeks and I had spots years ago that were just so full of deer that because i would leave my cameras on i think it would be a three picture burst for 30 seconds you know it would reset every 30 seconds and i would have eight thousand pictures on these cameras and every single one of them would be deer and so i couldn't imagine if that was a cell phone camera i mean it would just be like i said i would never get anything done because i'd constantly <laughs> be glued to my phone oh that buck's here this buck's there and yeah. oh man yeah it would be awesome <laughs> Yeah, so that's funny. So, how, how many cameras do you do you use typically? On an average year, um, anywhere from eight to ten. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I have, I think, right around twenty right now, but it just depends. Uh, 
so like this year for hunting season, um, we were supposed to be in Alaska and okay. we had a fish, a fishing trip planned up there. So once I knew that I didn't plan anything for hunting, I wasn't going to bother scouting. I wasn't going to bother doing any of that stuff. Well, come a week before opener of bow season, our trip got canceled because okay. of COVID and oh, all that yeah. stuff. So this, so this year, yeah, I didn't do much cameras. I didn't do much of anything, but for the most part, um, if I find a new area, I'm slapping three or four different cameras in it, just finding different trails coming into uh, the area I'm looking at. Yeah, yep. some areas, um, I'll leave cameras throughout the year just to kind of see what it's like maybe in November if there's any bucks that push through there then just to, so you can get some cool pictures, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see what see what bucks made it through the season or whatever. If you're, do you do you typically? Uh, I mean, are you are you able to kind of target certain bucks? I mean, are you, or or is yeah? It, so like like that one I told you that I shot last year on opening day. Yep. Um, that buck was one of two that I was going after. Okay. And so the, the year before, I didn't, it's not that I wouldn't have shot him if I would have had the opportunity, but I had my eyes focused on a different buck as well as, say, the year before that. And in every, the three, so, yeah, three years or, I had three years of pictures and I ended up getting him on the fourth year. Um, so that's what, like, watching those bucks too is so cool every year. It's almost like, say, how those guys are fortunate enough, you know, back in the whitetail woods where they're on a ranch and you could see those bucks grow every single year. But as far as like having a blacktail that was sticking around in the same area year after year and seeing how much he grows that next year. Yeah. It's just way cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would make, make the excitement that much more too. When you finally, when you finally get them and you've been chasing them for four years or three years or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Like I said, that one was definitely my most memorable because it that doesn't happen very often because at public land, I mean that's that's your key thing right there is just anything can happen whether or not it's just somebody that doesn't know what they're doing and kind of screw it up for you some way or another or uh, yeah yeah it's just yeah. anyway no. It was it was way cool. Like I said, hands down, my most memorable hunt. That's cool. Right on, man. Yeah. No, it. Uh, yeah. So no, I I definitely, man. I, I appreciate you calling me too. This is cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, I appreciate you uh, coming on, man. It, it's it's fun. I I haven't been uh, so just a little. I don't know if you have listened to any episodes or, but my uh, my background is comes from like a waterfowl hunting background um just, I, mean, I didn't grow up doing it but for the past like 13 or 14 years or something been duck hunting and stuff like that and i think mm -hmm. for i guess this will be this is like my fifth year i think deer hunting so i'm pretty new into it so for me it's just uh i just like coming on and i like interviewing guys and hearing their stories and learning as much as i can and sharing sharing people's tactics and stories with other people and hopefully they can learn from, from it as well. You know, it's just fun. Heck yeah. Just, yeah. And then just getting to get to talk and hear stories. That would be the best part. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. I, I just, uh, 
I'm I'm even though I'm I'm pretty fairly new at the deer hunting thing. It's like I'm I'm I think I'm just as hooked as a lot of guys that have been doing it their whole lives. You know, like I you know I'm just I'm hooked. So are you so. are you still big into duck hunting? Uh yeah um the, so yes <laughs> but uh <laughs> like the last so the last couple of years I haven't gone too much I started kind of getting back into it last year but I um I had I had my lab that I trained and she went with me every pretty much every hunt um and then she ended up she tore her ACL and then we had to pay an arm and a leg to fix that which you know, it's worth it, but we, for sure, we fixed, fixed her up. And then she, she was getting old too, though. So she kind of never really bounced back from that. And then she ended up getting cancer. And then, so the last two years has just been slow, um, as far as hunting goes because of that. And then we had, we had our third kid, um, three years ago now. So it's like, it's just been, I haven't gone as much the last the last two two years and then and then last year I kind of started going again and started getting hooked on it again last year but no I love it man I I uh we're thinking about getting another dog so we'll see if we ended up end up getting a lab or not I just I I love training lab I I love training my lab and I love like the satisfaction out of her doing her job and it was rewarding sure. to watch um, and be a part of it. So I, I look forward to doing it again at some point. I just know how much work it is. So right. we'll, we'll see. I, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I, th- th- I, I'm so hooked on deer hunting. Like lately, all I can think about is deer hunting and trying to find a buck and, and I, and I want to be a little bit more serious about trying to find a bear this year once deer season's over. So that could potentially go into the end of December. So <laughs> right. If, if it ends up taking that long, I won't get much of a duck season probably, but we'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully you run into a buck here soon. That would be awesome. I can't wait to see on your page or something. See you with one. Yeah. Yeah. If I get one, I'll, uh, post it or I'll send you some pictures or something, but yeah, we'll see. I, yeah, definitely. I would love to get one with my bow, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, dead set on a bow i mean if i don't get one this weekend I'll, I'll be switching to a rifle during general season for sure i just need to need to get some meat in the freezer <laughs> right yeah i'm excited for rifle this year i just got uh i got a browning x bolt 28 nozzler okay and and so i'm uh yeah really excited i just got my scope in the mail i got a swarovski i what testing what was it uh I want to say an X3, I believe. I'm not a fan of the turrets and all that. So this scope, it's got just your lines in it, you know, so you've got the whatever it ends up, like it zeroes at 200, and then your next line would be roughly around 300, 400, and kind of like that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm real excited to use it. I'm not I'm not big, and I don't know and understand all the, you know, the fancy terms for these guys using the scopes with the turrets and all that. I'm, just, I'm that guy that I like just, pretty much the crosshair and put it on it and yeah good to go yep nice man that's yeah that sounds like a nice nice setup i, I like those i haven't shot one but um i've, I've been kind of interested in those x bolts and yeah swarovski makes They're good very class. smooth shooting are they nice 
Yeah. It seems like a lot of people have been going with the 28 nozzler lately that I've been noticing. You know, I've, yeah, I've, I've always wanted to get one and this year it just ended up working out to where I was able to. And yeah, I'm really excited and can't wait to go. The hardest part, you know, lovely California and uh, all the copper ammo now trying to find bullets for it. Yeah. I know. I actually haven't even looked this season. I, I still have some left over from last season, so I haven't even looked. But what do you what are you shooting through it? Well, I guess you probably haven't. Uh, even, they, have you? They they were a, a Nosler E tip, hundred and fifty grain. Okay, is what I I haven't been able to shoot anything through it yet because I'm still I had to order the bullet, so I'm still waiting for them to get here. But uh, that's gotcha. what the bullet is. Okay. Right on, man. Yeah. yeah, no, I'm hoping uh, I've I've got some good areas picked out that uh, need a little bit of a longer longer distance for touching one. So I'm hoping this gun it'll really be around that four or five hundred yard mark. Be pretty sweet. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I look forward to look forward to seeing seeing if you can turn up another one this season. It's fun. I, I <laughs> that's get... what I was. Yeah, I get excited when I see other people's success. Like I just like, especially like if I'm gone hunting, like this last week, and I, you know, I'm gone out of service for a couple a couple days or whatever, and then when I come back and I see like people posting pictures of bucks and stuff, I'm like, damn it! Like I'm excited, but I'm like jealous at the same time. Like uh, it's it's fun, man. I just oh no. Uh, boss, that's the best part. Like you're saying, when you come back in service, you're looking at your phone, looking at everything that's been shot. And, oh yeah, that's yeah. what I was doing because the elk season just opened up this last weekend in Oregon, so I was looking at all the bulls that got killed. Yep. <laughs> fun, uh, fun. Yeah. No, yeah. man. Like I said, I I definitely appreciate you having me on here, and yeah, this is a blast. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll have to. We'll have to touch base again here and in, in uh either like at the end of the season or next season or whatever. No, I, mean, I, I heck man, yeah. Anytime you want to call and talk shooting, talk stories, heck yeah. I I usually uh especially the end of November for me is when uh my hunting is over as far as when I get that I save that uh my organ tag for the late season. I love hunting late season and rattling bucks and all that stuff and so uh uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, anytime you want to, if you want to talk again in November, because I'm sure I'll probably end up talking to you on social media in between them. But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, we'll be talking again. Yeah, heck yeah, man. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, yeah, you have a great night. All right, man. You too. Hey, talk to you later. God right. bless. Yeah, you too, Logan. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening.